You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. So important. As Don spoke about last week, that posture of gratitude. Um, it's funny, well it's not funny, it's, it's, it's the way it should be when God was speaking 2,000 years ago through Jesus. Um, it makes sense that neuroscience has actually backed all this up as well. But you know that, you know that when you're going to buy a green car, what do you see outside all the time? Or when you buy a new car, you see that car everywhere. Your brain focuses. It, it naturally does this. And neuropathways will grow bigger when you're thinking about particular things. And so it makes sense when Paul says in Romans that it actually formats our mind. And so waking up first thing and thanking him, even if there's, you feel like there's not much to thank him for, not only get what well, wakes you up and reminds you of the Holy Spirit, but also literally, scientifically, starts to rewire you so you're actually thankful. You're looking, suddenly you're seeing the things you're thankful for, not seeing the things that are hard. Because it's hard things, amen, but yeah, attitude of gratitude, so important. I think literally life-changing to have that posture. So let's get into Luke 18 this morning um, and continue on this idea and exploration around transformative prayer. It's going to come up there. Let me read. Uh, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. (laughs) Lovely dude. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. (laughs) What a great motivation. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I'm going to pause there for a moment. I know I talk a lot about my kids, but that's the stage of life I'm in where they're a big percentage of my life. So I want you to know, this is kind of a health statement as well for when you run into my kids in the morning tea We feed our kids. (laughs) Honestly. Sometimes unhealthy, but like occasionally naughty, unhealthy food. But most of the time we we make them healthy food. They have packed lunches. They eat breakfast. Despite what they say out in the morning tea area. We, We honestly feed them. You pick them up from school. I pick them up from school. I'm hungry. Finish playing on the trampoline. I'm hungry, Dad. Finish building Lego. I'm hungry. After a meal, I'm hungry. Still hungry. Go to the grandparents. They know they'll get really yum food there. So they walk in the door. Hey, Grandma, Grandpa. Not even a hey sometimes. Just looking down. I'm hungry. Um, Literally, there's been a couple of times recently with food. They're eating food at the table and they say, I'm hungry. And we're like, with food still on the plate. That's a world record. So like a record in a house. I'm hungry. I know that's why there's food in front of you. Eat the food first. It bugs me 
a lot, not because they're hungry. In fact, up until now, our family has been blessed enough that I don't think my kids have ever actually been truly hungry. Um, we live in that type of world, or we live this side of the world, and yeah, most of us will know that experience, and I'm blessed enough to say that I don't think at this stage in my life the kids have never actually been legit. They don't know what hungry is. But what gets me frustrated is I'm going to feed them, and I do feed them. Mez feeds them. I love them. I don't mind them asking. That's fine. But I wish they just knew that I hear them. I'm with them. I know they need to eat and grow. I know that they'll get food. It's coming. I wish they just knew that I will feed them every time, like clockwork. I love them. And I know, again, I talk a lot about the kids, but I couldn't think of a better analogy when it comes to this parable of what Jesus wants you to know when you pray, pray to him. Jesus is clearly saying here, when it comes to prayer to the heavenly father, so much of it is not about what we say, but instead how we come and who and what we think of the heavenly father. It's so important how you see God when you approach him for prayer. God is not, God is not an angry, cranky, godless judge. As the parable, Jesus deliberately juxtaposes the two. He deliberately says this is cranky, nasty judge. And even he, <laughs> he said, even he, when persisted by the widow, will give in. God saying, then no wonder, what do you think your father will do? What do you think your father who loves you will do if you pray to him? Deliberately wants you to know who do you think the father is because we know this we know friends that have maybe stepped away from the church or don't go to church at all they see god it's a classic line every time someone i can almost count it in every time someone from the op shop says i do you mind if i come and see the auditorium and they they walk in and then i could almost go one two three oh, i'm surprised the roof didn't fall in <laughs> and i pretend to laugh <laughs> oh that's hilarious i've never heard that <laughs> Because they think God's this angry judge. And so why would you reach out to that? <laughs> you wouldn't. Even, God, funny enough, God says, well, even if you did, <laughs> still persistently God would hear you. But he's not that. He's the heavenly loving father. He wants you to reach out to him. He wants to feed you. He hears you. Beautiful passage today by Mez and then backed by Jono's communion. He's with you. He sees you. He knows you're hungry. You should still ask him. But just know that he will feed you. He will be with you. He proved that in Jesus. Luke 11 says this, Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then through our evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He's a good father. And so that's just my first point. When it comes to prayer this morning, he is a good father. Maybe you need to pray through that this morning because maybe you attended a super religious church. Maybe you grew up in a super religious home and we can't help ourselves. Or maybe you grew up in an abusive home. We can't help ourselves. We're going to, whoever our father or mother figure was, we're going to project that onto God. 
Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes a bad thing, often it's in between. We need to revisit that. He's not your father. Even if your father was great, he's even better. He's got you. He's not an angry judge. Come to him. And then I love this last line he says in this bit. I'm going to go to another verse in a moment, but I love this last line. However, he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus almost sarcastically saying, prayer is this incredible tool. Prayer is this amazing process where you can come to the Heavenly Father. Are you using it? He's saying, here we are again in Luke, talking about prayer again. But really, guys, I'm standing here. Son of Man is him. I'm standing here. Will I find anyone praying? Are you using this? Are you praying? And so it's kind of a last sort of almost sarcastic remark at the end going, will I find anyone praying? I'm teaching you on prayer. Pray, he's saying. Pray, use it. It's a wonderful, beautiful gift. Pray. Ask God, talk to God, persist, he's good. Ask him for things. The worst he can say is that's not great for you right now. Ask away, use prayer, talk to the Father, petition. Let him do things in your life, or let him do things that are bigger than you could even imagine. It says more than you could imagine he wants to do in your life. All you need to do is pray, engage the Father. Let him transform the world, but let him also transform your world, change you. So my second point is simple, practice prayer. Pray. Sort of says pray without ceasing. It doesn't sort of say that, it does say that in the word. Pray without ceasing. Constantly be talking to the Father. With an as Don said, with a heart of gratitude, within his will, pray without ceasing, practice prayer. We're going to actually practice prayer this morning, funny enough, and we're going to actually pray with each other in a moment. So I warn you, that's coming. But let me just go on and finish this part of this message with one more point before we do that. In verse 9, I'll continue on and let me talk through this point because this is important. This is what Jesus says straight after this in terms of prayer. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I'll pause there. Jesus has just said, pray, petition God. He's a good father and you can imagine the crowd. And as he said that, you can picture some of the religious standing there going, high-fiving each other, going, oh, well, we got this covered. We do it. We do parades in the street. We pray all the time. We use the biggest words, like we sometimes use words like substitution or atonement. We are so awesome. And so you can tell, you can see them probably. As he's teaching, you can see some people nodding. Yeah, we've got to be praying more. And then others go, I run 17 prayer meetings. And he's looking at them, and that's for them. He says, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, he tells them this parable. He goes, hang on a minute. Let me tell you one more parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. I'm going to pause again. Up until now, and you know this if you've been following Luke with us, Jesus has been a bit cryptic. He'll say, a rich man. 
or a religious man. He's, he's getting close to knowing his time's coming and now he's just like, do you know what? No codes here, a Pharisee <laughs> and a tax collector. Literally one step away from saying their names. <laughs> he's not even hiding it. He's going, let me tell you a parable and they're waiting, I wonder who this is about. Well, I'll tell you, Imagine there's a tax collector, the guy in your community that's betrayed you, that is possibly stealing from you, that you hate, that is a sinner, that is broken. And let me tell you about your religious elite right now who's laughing to themselves because they run 42 prayer meetings and use the biggest of words. He goes, let me tell you a parable. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. There you go. Thank you for how awesome I am is his prayer. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He will not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. How powerful is that? Doesn't even really need, I've got a few notes here, but doesn't need much more commentary because Jesus is getting that direct. How powerful is that? One of the people coming in, really good to think about how we come into church, how we engage with each other and how we engage God. Do you come in going, Uh, this church should be thankful that I'm here. Thank God I'm here. Don't worry. (laughs) Or you're coming in going, I hope God speaks to me this morning. What an amazing thing that God would even want to communicate with me. What an incredible thing that Jesus would be sent to pave the way for my relationship with him. It's not about always being sad. It's not always about coming into church like this. But your heart's just open. It's humble. Praying with humility is so powerful. It's my third point this morning. (laughs) Those guys being confident, praying, thank you, God, you've got me. Lucky you. (laughs) Jesus stops using code and speaks to the pride and the religiosity of the time. That's why they killed him. Do you understand these words? If you think, oh, that was a bit sharp. Yes, it was sharp and offensive. That's why we're going to see in a couple of weeks they kill him. They didn't like this. You know what? Even when my kids harp over food, of course I'll feed them. It brings me joy when they say unprompted things of gratitude. It actually, when I get the odd thank you without being prompted, it makes me stoked. But even when they do it straight, even when they do it when there's still food on the table, I I still love them and I want to feed them. But can I tell you, and this is just my experience, when my Kids ask something with humility. When one of my children takes mum or me into the room and says, hey, this person at school has said this thing about me and they're saying it in tears or they're feeling bullied or they've done something wrong or they're coming with extreme humility in private and you know this as a, if you're a parent, you'd do anything to make that right short of going in and beating up primary school kids because that's illegal and wrong, 
maybe they're <laughs> You want to do everything when you see a child come with humility towards the father and saying, I want this. Not I've just, I'm still hungry. I need this from you. God is, exa- God is better, far more better. If you come to him and say, God, I haven't got this all worked out. I never will. Can't wait to heaven when it's all made right. But right now I need you. They're powerful prayers. Even more powerful is going, right now this other person, I pray for them. Pray for this group of people. Pray you can help me forgive them. God's a billion times the father that I'll ever be. He wants to provide. He wants to see you grow. He wants to see you find love, hope and purpose. Trust that. Trust that the shopping list prayer is okay, it's not evil, but you can actually move deeper than that with God. Ask for your daily bread, thank him for that, and then move on to a humble and authentic, powerful conversation with God. Praying for courage, peace of mind in this anxiety-ridden world. Praying for strength. I'm not saying don't pray for that headache or elbow that's sore. That's fine. But other times, let him know what's on your heart. Pray for your family that's unsaved. Pray for perhaps that child that you think they would never, ever come back. Because that's the type of business God's into doing with extreme humility. Pray for that grandchild that has gone far away. Pray that they find the hope and love of Jesus. Pray for the next generation. Pray that they wouldn't learn our traditions and our structure. Who cares about that? Pray that they would know Jesus. They would learn from us the ways of Jesus. That they would receive his spirit and encounter it and have vision and meaning and a life and a truth. Pray for Burley as it is in heaven. <laughs> Pray for heaven to come to Burley. Pray for the kingdom to come. Pray for godly justice. You notice this lady, to the cranky old judge, she's praying for justice. I love godly justice. Justice, we often think when we're praying for God, can you get them? God, I really don't like that person. Can you get them? Problem is, we're broken, so someone else will be praying somewhere else. God, can you get them? <laughs> it's, a, it's a slippery slope. Everyone's praying for each other. God, get them. Teach them a lesson. I'm so glad he doesn't answer all those prayers the way we want it. No, no, I'm talking about godly justice. You know what godly justice looks like? Godly justice, when you pray for it for people, it looks like this. Godly justice looks like love, looks like restoration. It's very unfair, but beautiful. It looks like justice coming to the poor, justice coming to the homeless, the disadvantaged. Godly justice means restoration, healing, help, and hope. Pray for that justice. Pray for that loud neighbour with all these music and all these parties. Pray for them, for restoration and hope to come to that house. That's godly justice. It's not that it floods and all these party equipment gets wet and short circuits and you can no longer play the music. That's fun and that's human justice. It's that he sees your love, your hope, your grace, your peace with him. Maybe you invite him over for a meal. They get to know you. They want to understand the hope that you carry. You introduce them to Jesus. 
and then they end up doing sound at church because they know audio. What a blessing. <laughs> Thank you, Aiden. That's not his story, by the way. That's Aiden's testimony. No, it's not. Sorry, I can't imagine Aiden in any universe being the loud party animal neighbour. But it's funny to think about. But not the point of a sermon. <laughs> Prayer changes our world and it changes your world. Use it. And we're going to use it now. So what I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, um, I might ask, no, the band won't play music just yet because I want to give them a chance to pray as well. But we're going to find someone in the room right now and we're going to pray with each other if that's okay. Pray through gratitude. Pray through the Lord's Prayer if you don't know what to pray. Pray powerfully. You go through a shopping list too. That's fine. Pray for whatever. He's your dad. But also, go. If, can I encourage you to go a bit deeper? If there's a work decision being made, if there's a personal decision, let's share. It's family. It's church. So grab two or three and let's just spend yeah, the next 10 minutes or longer if the, if the Spirit wants. Just praying. If you've got a picture, in your, if you've got a verse that you want to give to someone, go for it. As long as it's encouraging. If it's not, come and have a chat to me. Maybe it's for another time. But if you've got an encouraging thing you want to tell someone, go for it. Let me pray now. And we'll do Is that okay? Awesome. Let's practice some prayer. Father God, I just, you are good. You want to feed us. <laughs> you want to give us something to eat. You want to look after us. You want to be in our life. You want us to come and you've prepared a table. You broke the universe with Jesus or restored the universe with Jesus on the cross to bring us back to you. You are good. <laughs> You're worthy of praise. And right now we just bring this church and bring each other to you. I pray you speak to us right now. Stir us up. Give us courage to speak to one another and boldness to bring things before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just spend a moment. Thanks, guys.